are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Monday, going to continue to break down everything about the Pelicans' new hire for their head coach, Stan Van Gundy. we got a couple of things I want to dive into today. First and foremost, last week we talked about Brandon Ingram. Ingram, Lonzo Ball, what it means for them now that Stan Van Gundy's the head coach. Let's focus on Zion a little bit today. Offensively, defensively, what is this going to mean for the Pelicans franchise player? Then with Stan Van Gundy coming in and a signal to a more competitive win-now mindset, Drew Holiday get traded? J.J. Redick get traded? Did this change anything about that whatsoever? And then finally, we're going to focus on the defense that Stan Van Gundy is going to try and instill in this Pelicans team. There's a couple of immediate areas he needs to improve, a couple of immediate areas he should improve on. Let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. So Zion Williamson, everything with this Pelicans team is going to revolve around Zion Williamson for the next number of years. It starts with him, it ends with him, and anything else, including Brandon Ingram to a degree, is just kind of noise because it's all about Zion. It has been since the moment the Pelicans landed the number one overall pick and didn't even hadn't even drafted him yet. Draft, by the way, is in like two weeks or so. Uh, so that's finally coming up, 18 days, something like that. And so when Stan Van Gundy gets brought in, the obvious question is, what's he going to do with Zion? And I think when you look at this, there's nothing that like immediately, I think, jumps out at what the Pelicans need to change with Zion. He was good last year. Like, Let's na- make no mistake about that. This is a dude who averaged over 20 points per game last season, 22.5 points per game and 6.3 rebounds. And he did this shooting 58.3% from the field. He also shot, and this is like small sample size, and we don't want him shooting a ton of threes, but 43% from deep on 0.6 attempts per game, 0.6. So Zion played well. Like there's no denying about that, at least offensively. You could see it in his game. He's strong when going to the rim. If he does miss, which was uh, not a ton, but, you know, he missed a good bit. He's able to grab his own rebound with that quick second jump after shooting a jumper in the first place or going to the rim. And he's able to secure that board and then put it back in. In fact, he averaged the fourth most second chance points per game of four points, 4.3 points per game last season came in second chance opportunities for Zion Williamson. It's not a ton of points, but it's a good bit. You know, that's uh, close to like a quarter of the points that he scored in all this. So he obviously, not a quarter, but like a 20% or so. So he's capable of that second jump getting out there and attacking the basket when he does miss. You'd like him to score a little bit more on the first time, but whatever. It's, it's not the end of the world, and I don't think it's something that really needs to be worked on too much. What's going to make him a better offensive player is a little bit more effectiveness in isolation. I don't think you'll see it a ton. And the Pelicans used him in isolation about, I got the numbers here, like 17% of the time or so last season. That's maybe a little bit too much for what you're going to see with a more fluid Stan Van Gundy kind of offense. You're going to see him 
get these guys moving a little bit more and less one-on-one. Zion in one-on-one isn't the best. He can definitely score and he will do that, but turnovers for him really come up there. And that's not what you want to see from him in isolation basketball in in that type of situation. He turns the ball over 30% of the time. So if you're going to see him go one-on-one, it's going to be you've got to tighten up that handle. Or you know what? You just kind of cut down on the isolation basketball and you will limit some of the turnovers there. 30% is insanely high in that uh, situation. It's what limits him from being the most effective guy trying to take a guy off the dribble from the top of the three-point line. Because part of it is when he does that, he just puts his sights on the rim and he's going to go. He's not going to make the quick decision, quick pass quick move or anything like that necessarily that Stanley Gundy wants his team to be able to do. It's kind of a read and react thing. You've got to just make a quick decision. Snap, 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 snap. And whenever you get the ball, move it. Whenever you get the ball, cut it and go. Whenever you get the ball, shoot it. Whatever it is, you don't slow down when you have the ball. And Zion, at least in isolation situations, does do that. Everything else, he's fast. When he's passing the ball, he will move the ball quickly. When he's down low and trying to score at the rim, you get him the ball, he'll he'll turn around and go. So maybe you cut down on isolation, which I think they'll try and do, or you put him in situations where there's more space around him. Teams are going to key in on him. When he gets the ball, you're going to have two, three guys around him. But if you put shooters out there, it at least makes those help defenders stay a little bit further away or move a little bit slowly. And I think that's where you can really see Zion improve, at least offensively. He kind of does everything you, you really want out of him. Defensively is a little bit different. That's where he's got to get better. Other than that, you know, it's playing and coaching, and that's something that Stan Van Gundy is going to be able to do and making sure that he is in the right spot. There were times when he was lost out there on the court and did not seem to know where he needed to be, where the the where he was the help defender coming from, where his man that he's defending was going or cutting and seemed just completely disoriented on the defensive side of the ball. Stan Van Gundy teams don't really have that. And we'll talk about this more in the third segment of today's show when we get into his defense and some of the hallmarks of it and some of the numbers behind them. But he has guys prepared. There's no other way to put it. A little bit more preparation for Zion is going to help him improve on the defensive side of the ball. You'll see him be immediately better there, just following guys better, not getting lost. And that's going to lead to him being in better position to grab defensive rebounds. That has been a problem for him. We love what he does offensively, and the boards per game look pretty good at 6.3 that you'd like it to be higher, but it's only 3.6 defensive rebounds per game. He's grabbing under four defensive rebounds per game when he's the power forward center in lineups. It's not going to work. You don't end possessions that way when one of your big man isn't grabbing a ton of rebounds per game. So I expect that to improve and to change a little bit. And I think you'll see Zion Williams, his defensive rebounding percentage was 13.7. It's pretty low um, for a big man. Josh Hart has a higher defensive rebounding percentage than Zion Williamson does. It's not a knock on Josh Hart. Josh Hart is a very, very good rebounder, but it's also by about 7%. You need to see that number come up from Zion. So having him be more prepared on the defensive side of the ball is going to put him in better position to at least grab those rebounds. And so you should see that number tick up and more possessions end it. I think that's going to be a good thing, obviously, for New Orleans. 
People have tried to look at how he might emulate Dwight Howard. Do not do that. They're very, very different players, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's a bad thing to kind of look at. And we'll have more on Zion defense and all of that as we get into the offseason. But coming up next, does this mean the Stan Van Gundy hiring mean that Drew Holiday is more or less likely to get traded? What about J.J. Redick? I'm going to temper some of the expectations here. Let's dive into it in the next segment coming up. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. And frankly, the only thing that's better than Built Bar is, well, the new Built Bars. They've redone the formula, relaunched and put them in kind of some new fancier packaging. But ultimately, this thing is still the best tasting protein bar out there that's better than basically every competitor. These things are amazing. I eat one every day after I work out uh, for lunch. They've got amazing flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, raspberry, German chocolate cake, peanut butter. I can go on and on and on. And the first time you eat one, you're going to think that you are eating a protein bar. And that's because these things are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. And they're just great for the health conscious person. They're low calorie, low in sugar, high in protein protein high in fiber. They've got some that have 19 grams of protein and 180 calories or 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories. Basically it means that if you eat one of these, you're not going to have wasted all the cardio you did before because they're so low calorie for you while still getting you that protein that you need. If you've ever bought Built Bars before using the promo code, they've reset it for the relaunch. So you can double dip here again. Plus they're going to throw in a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Just go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code locked on. You're going to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from. Whether you're a new listener hearing the latest on Stan Van Gundy and how he may change the Pelicans next season, whether you want to know about more about Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, whether you're getting ready for the draft and excited about who the Pelicans might take at 13th or who they might go after in free agency, we've got it all covered here. So whether you're a new listener or someone who's been with me since the beginning, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to the show and make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. So Drew Holiday and J.J. Redick are, if you're looking to make a big trade for New Orleans, the two names that are likely going out for a number of reasons. One, Drew Holiday is a good player. Kind of simple as that. He's kind of the missing piece for a lot of teams out there. Also makes a good bit of money. So it's easier to kind of bring back a star player or a big name player with large salary when you include that outgoing salary. Similar to to J.J. Redick, There's a, this is a guy who's got a lot of value around the league. He wouldn't cost nearly as much as Drew Holiday, but what he brings in three-point shooting and veteran presence and just overall craftiness, I think is very valuable. And three-point shooting is easily something that all teams want to try and add, especially if they're looking to make a deep postseason run. Having a dead-eye shooter like J.J. Redick certainly is going to make things a whole lot easier. So people have been anxious to trade them, particularly Drew Holiday. And if you've listened to my show for any period of time now, you know, I don't think the Pelicans should trade Drew Holiday. I am a big believer in them trying to be competitive next season, which the signing of Stan Van Gundy looks like it's here to do, and want them to try and push for the playoffs. You're going to do that a whole lot easier when you have Drew Holiday versus, well, if you don't have Drew Holiday out on this roster. So I don't think they should trade Drew Holiday, and I do think that the signing of Stan Van Gundy means they're not likely to trade Drew Holiday either. I don't know if Stan Van Gundy would have signed on at his age and with what he's hopefully looking to accomplish, which is win an NBA title and be competitive, they would be signing on for a project quite like that where you're going through a rebuild. There's a reason the Oklahoma City Thunder have not hired a head coach yet. The fact that they let Billy Donovan go in the first place, a competitive head coach, a good head coach, was because they were rebuilding. 
And Donovan and the Thunder decided they didn't let him go part ways because it just wasn't the right fit for them anymore. And I don't think Stan Van Gundy would have been looking for a rebuilding team. So because of the fact that, yes, they signed Stan Van Gundy, they're not likely to trade Drew Holiday or J.J. Redick right now. The key word being right now. I think that if this team is not good at the trade deadline and they're bad, then maybe they do look to move both of them. Now, this also comes down to conversations that you have with the players. So in terms of the trade deadline stuff, let's start there, actually. You know, if you're not competitive, you may want to try and move these guys and get some pieces back for them and really start looking towards the future of the season after the one coming up. So the 2021-22 season, yes, that's what it would be when things are likely to be normal again, hopefully. And you're going to really start with the youth movement. That would be Zion's third year. You're looking for him to take a significant jump that year. Brandon Ingram has hopefully already taken a jump even above what he was this past season. By doing that, you can probably go a bit more of a youth movement and still be a more competitive team. So acquiring more draft picks, in a trade for Drew Holiday and or J.J. Redick at the trade deadline, and then maybe spinning some of those assets into another big-name player that's kind of greater than Holiday and Redick combined makes a lot of sense for a team looking to make a leap and become a serious title contender. So if they're not good, it doesn't seem like there's much of a reason to necessarily keep them unless you have discussions with them and it seems like they're willing to re-sign. This is probably easier said than done with Drew Holiday than it is with J.J. Redick. Holiday is under contract for next season for $26 million. After that, it's a $27 million player option. That's when this is going to get interesting. Is he going to accept that player option for $27 million and pick it up, or does he think he can get another long-term deal? He'd be 32 at the time. I think it's reasonable that a 32 Drew Holiday can probably get something in the $20 million a year range and maybe it's worth opting out of that $27 million player option and getting a three or four year guaranteed deal and locking in that money on what's likely going to be his last big payday. But if he's willing to take that next contract here in New Orleans and sign an extension and he's extension eligible or he indicates that, yes, I'd like to stay here, and the Pelicans are like, you know what? Yes, we'd like you to stay here too. Then maybe you don't trade him if the team's bad. So if they don't move him at the trade deadline, I wonder if it does mean they have eyes on re-signing him and bringing him back on another long-term deal, or they think he's going to pick up his player option. The the other one is J.J. Redick, and I think that's a little bit different. J.J. Redick raves about Stan Van Gunny and has called him the most impactful coach that he's ever played for. And don't forget, he played under Coach K at Duke. That's really, really saying something. But I don't think this means that J.J. Redick retires a Pelican. I think it means he's not likely to ask for a trade this offseason or even make noise during next regular season if he's unhappy and if the team isn't doing well. But I don't know if this means that it's a lock that he guarantees to resign after his deal is up at the end of next season just because you like the coach. This is a guy who's later in his career. He missed the playoffs for the first time ever this past season. He wants a ring. That's important. He said it on his podcast and other podcasts too, that he's probably going to be kind of one of those ring chasing players. That's like, I just want one. Got to do it. He's going to take less money to go sign with really competitive teams. Like It would not shock me if he took a near minimum deal to sign with the Lakers in, uh, in a season or so, because he thinks that's his best, best chance to winning a title. And that might mean that's going to probably override the fact that he wants to play for Stan Van Gundy. Just because you rave about a coach 
doesn't mean you want to play there forever at the risk of not winning an NBA title. And that's what J.J. Redick is kind of potentially looking at. So I don't think this means J.J. Redick is a lock to stay in New, Orle- in New Orleans. And if things are going south at the trade deadline, whenever that's going to be, and we'll talk more tomorrow about the season start date and what that all means since we've got some updates on that. But the Stan Van Gundy news has kind of been the more important thing. I don't think that it's a guarantee that he's going to stay past that. And if they're bad at the trade deadline, he may want out. And the Pelicans will probably do right by him and trade him to a contender so that he can go after that elusive ring that he really wants to kind of put a capstone on his career. So coming up, defense. How's Stan Van Gunny going to improve it? What are some of the hallmarks of previous teams? He's known as a bit of a defensive coach and much of a teacher too. What is he going to teach these guys that's going to make them improve? And how is he potentially going to go about doing that? We're going to cover it all here in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans coming right up. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked on Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this team. No paywall or anything like that. Just Pelicans talk Monday through Friday, about 20 minutes or so every single day of it. Breaking down Zion Williamson, the Stan Van Gundy hire, the draft, free agency, when the season's going to start. We'll get into some of that stuff in tomorrow's show as well. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast from so you never miss an episode. Okay, so wrapping up today's show, let's talk a little bit more about Stan Van Gundy and the defense. One thing I do want to mention um, before that, though, we we were just talking about the uh, likelihood that the Pelicans don't trade Drew Holiday and or J.J. Redick. One of the things that it's been reported that Griffin was impressed with, and we can talk more about this maybe tomorrow or as we get closer to free agency and do a free agency primer, so this will be a segment at some point, was that David Griffin was supposedly impressed with Stan Van Gundy's Vision for the current roster that there's a whole lot to unpack there with that sentence alone, that statement alone. But one of them is if it's current roster that has JJ Redick, Andrew holiday on it, you're probably not trading either of those two guys. And part of his vision, I would assume a big part, it at least includes both of those players. So it's unlikely that they're traded. So let's shut down the Drew Holiday trade rumors right now. You can keep them burning a little bit, I think, for J.J. Redick, but less so for Drew Holiday. All right, so Stan Van Gundy and the defense. If the Pelicans want to take a step next season, it's going to be because they improved on the defensive side of the ball. They were good for part of the year. The beginning of the year, they sucked. You can make an argument maybe that Derek Favors, when he came back healthy, really had something to do with them improving on that side of the ball. I think there's some truth to it, some not so much. They also seem to have a lot of variants go their way in terms of opponent three-point shooting. Opponents took a lot of threes against the team. Opponents missed a lot of wide-open threes. That doesn't always happen. And when you look at what happened to the Pelicans in the playoffs, they got bombed against, say, the Clippers by three, the playoffs, the bubble, the eight games, and lost the game because of that, because those guys were wide open. So the variance kind of swung against them during that stretch, and all of a sudden, the defense looked really bad. It was true. So you could say that the defense wasn't nearly as good as what it was made out to be, I think. And they finished 19th in defensive rating. It's not like they were good on that side of the ball. Well, in comes Stan Van Gundy, and he's known as a bit of a defensive coach, having a very, very good track record on that side of the ball. And when you look at the teams that he's coached, some of their rankings when it comes into his 11 seasons as a full-time NBA head coach are... Basically always in the top 15, there has only been one time in his career that the defensive rating of a team that he's coached has fallen outside of the top half of the league. If you go back to his three years in Miami, it was ninth, seventh, and 10th. It's really good. In Orlando, five season, 10th, 
First, fourth, fourth, thirteenth. Then in Detroit, twentieth, okay, thirteenth, eighth, tenth. Even those Detroit teams that weren't all that good. Defensively, teams are good under him. So why is that? And why does this matter to the Pelicans? Well, obviously they want to improve on that, but it's little things that they should be able to improve upon. None of this is necessarily anything that's outside the realm of possibility for these players to improve. First and foremost, when you look at this team, they were second worst at allowing transition points. They basically just didn't get back and try and defend. If you cut down on some of that and don't let teams burn you in transition where they get the highest kind of um, rate of return on offense, the highest points per possession, you're going to improve on that. That is just kind of instilling a culture of how do you play defense, getting back and getting set and eliminating those transition opportunities um, for the opponent is going to make it much easier. And Stan Van Gundy's teams during this time, well, they've been among the 10 best teams in keeping the, uh, their opponent out of transition in the 11 seasons that he's done. That's really good when you think about it. So his teams consistently get back on defense, get set, and eliminate transition opportunities. Those easy points on a fast break for the opponent. Just based on that alone, it's about coaching guys to get back, teaching them how to get back, and what to do in those situations. And one thing we've heard consistently about Stan Van Gundy is he is a teacher of the game. And if he can teach this team how to get back in transition, that defense immediately is going to improve right off of the bat. And that's a big thing. Those easy little points that the Pelicans have given up a ton of because they were just being lazy should at least go down. Knowing where to be on defense and what's going on also helps you get back too. And again, we've seen him kind of improve the IQ of teams and there's a way for that to go here for the Pelicans. So they are very good at getting back and getting set and not allowing transition opportunities. So now you're forcing the opponent to beat you with a set defense a whole lot more. You're forcing teams to play in the half court. That is a really good thing for Stan Van Gundy teams because if you pull cleaningtheglass.com and basically if you go, you can read this on the ringer too because they talk about it. They track a stat and I'm ripping this off from Dan Devine. Thank you, Dan. Called location effective field goal percentage, which basically looks at the shots a team makes and asks how efficiently its offense would operate if players hit at a league average share of them. Basically, you're just saying how good are you at generating chances from the most efficient areas of the court? And then you can look at it on the defensive side of the ball too. How good is your team at eliminating those unbelievably efficient chances? So shots at the rim, shots from three, and basically trying to force people into long mid-range things. His teams have landed in the top 10 in in, um, 10 of the 11 seasons he's been a, a coach, including eight top five finishes and five number one finishes. So his teams in the 11 seasons as a head coach has finished number one in basically forcing opponents to take the least efficient shots. So you're eliminating transition opportunities. You're forcing teams to play in the half court more often. And then you're making them take not great shots in the half court. You're going to immediately improve your defense just based on that alone. 
by getting in transition, teams got to shoot at the rim a lot. Teams got to shoot at the rim a lot against the Pelicans just regardless because they have the leaky perimeter defense they had with Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball even there, and they still struggled with it. You cut down on some of that and not giving up those high percentage shots, high efficiency looks, your defense improves. And that's what the Pelicans should be able to do even in year one under Stan Van Gundy. Limit the transition opportunities, force long twos and bad shots from the opponent. Defense looks better. There's good individual defensive talent here. Now, if he can bring this all about and even simply being like, you guys need to get back on defense more and somehow instilling that in them, it's going to get better. And I'm excited to see that next season, which by the way, is starting in like two months potentially, which is something we're going to talk about tomorrow. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from. We're here daily for you all. No uh, paywall or anything like that on the show. Just Pelicans Talk Monday through Friday, about 20, 25 minutes or so every single day. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Big thank you to Built Bar for sponsoring today's show as well. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.